Hi, I'm Cody Alexander of Match Quarters. Welcome to another episode of the Art of X Show. Today, we are going to be talking about keeping it simple versus a running quarterback. I think at every level, what we're seeing is quarterbacks are becoming the central figure of an offense, and they also have to be able to run. So in the NFL, we're going to break down the Buccaneers versus the Eagles week six game from last year and kind of go through some things philosophically and what they did to mitigate some of the risk of Jalen Hurts running all over them. Uh, they had one of the best run games in the NFL last year, the Eagles, and the Buccaneers did an excellent job of kind of keeping him contained, but while also defending the RPO systems that he has around him. Uh, so coverage in front, how that kind of comes together, that's what we're going to be talking about on the show today. So let's talk about the modern QB. You need to be able to pass and run. It used to be, look, we wanted these big, tall statues. They set in the pocket. They deciphered the defense. And then they just, with their rocket arms and laser point accuracy, they kind of picked the, pick the defense apart. I think we've kind of moved past that. Anytime that you have a quarterback that can run, you're adding an advantage to the offense and you're, you're making a disadvantage for the defense. You really, in, in honesty, the NFL with as much as the middle of the field closes, they play single high coverage. They, the offense wants to run the ball with the quarterback. Now you're not going to give that guy, you know, 40, $50 million and then just go run quarterback power every single play that's not what this is about but being able to move him around and run away from the pass rush you're allowing that guy to then become a creator and anytime you can create that's when you're going to get explosive plays so platform throwers with limited mobility they're a dying breed okay this would be like your tom brady's right your peyton manning's those guys and in, in, they're always going to be successful. But if you are kind of just like a regular quarterback, you can't really move that well. Uh, you have, you're kind of in the middle of the road. You're going to really struggle in today's game because what offenses want now is somebody that can create plays, right? With their feet, especially. As football evolves to more of a space sport, running ability is important. The quarterback has to be a thrower and a runner. And that's what we're seeing in today's game out on defense and on offense is this hybrid of players you have to be able to add value if you're not adding value then what are you really doing that's why we're seeing receivers who uh normally would line up outside what are we doing we're moving them inside to play what you know this power slot right this big bulky receiver who can run he can match up with some of these smaller nickel corners and and they can also line them up outside you can run jet sweeps you've got to be able to do more as a player uh, in order to play in today's game five quarterbacks in the nfl last year all eclipsed the 400 yard mark now if you're looking at that you're like well 400 yards that's not that much why why are we not talking about a thousand yard runner well because you're not going to run the quarterback and expose him to that many hits in the nfl but look what we've got allen with buffalo had had almost 900 yards Hurts, who we're going to talk about today with the Eagles, had over 800 yards. Lamar Jackson had 767 yards. Mahomes, Mahomes, one of the best passers in the NFL, had almost 500 yards of rushing. 
So we're looking at it, and these young QBs are bringing a running element to the passing game as well because now you can't just wholesale blitz or wholesale rush these guys because they can make it with their feet. So you have to be able to then mitigate some of this risk on defense, and I felt like the Buccaneers had a really good plan when they did this. Running the QB changes the math, and you're going to hear like defensive court. Dave Arena talks all the time about changing the math. You're going to hear this a lot coming up is how can we change the math where, where are we at a disadvantage and how can we flip that on its head the nfl is dominated by middle of the field close coverages the quarterback player is in the middle of the field and he's deep right well that's a conflict and how can we take advantage of that even if it isn't on every down running the quarterback wholesale uh getting him that 1500 yards right that thousand yards kind of those video game numbers that we we used to have when we played ncaa football okay but being able to have him run as a just a threat of being able to run changes the way the defense has to structure itself. It can't just pin its ears back and just go after you. The QB players deep in coverage, that's plus one running ability for the offense because now with the quarterback ability to run, you have an extra blocker. So let's say that you're running, you know, the NCAA offense, what everybody's running, the Y off offense. Well, you now have seven blockers, right? Because that quarterback, and it is now a running threat. So you have the running back, the tight end, and you have the five offensive linemen. That changes the math for the offense. So the sport is already leaning into offensive dominance. So having the running quarterback, it's really putting a lot of pressure on these, uh, these defenses at the NFL level to kind of, hey, we've got to change the way that we're doing things. We've got to be able to do a little bit more uh, uh, kind of these hybrid ideas of we've got to kind of have – odd spacing even spacing we can't always be pressuring the quarterback we've got to now play too high with single high we have what i call passive pressure you've got to be able to apply pressure but it has to be able to be safe it has to be able to one not allow the quarterback to run free two add coverage advantage back to the defense and and three fit the actual front so that you can stop the run addition of rpos spreads the defense thin so here we are in an age where the rules are aligned for the offense we now have running quarterbacks the rpo and the spread is now in the nfl defenses at the nfl are at such a disadvantage uh, you can't just sit there and say well we're just going to play cat coverage right we're just going to play cover one we're just going to sit here in the middle field close we're going to load the box and then just good luck because that, what we found out is that that doesn't necessarily work right? That offenses are going to find a way. Uh, the great, uh, you know, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago with the chiefs, a lot of two high shells, a lot of underneath passing. They're going to have to, they're going to have to come out and do some things. Now the chiefs came out in I formation to start out their preseason. Is that what they're probably going to run every down? They're going to kind of pull, I pull out a, Hey, we're now going back to 21 personnel. You know, I, I don't know. Will we get more downhill runs from them? Probably because that's how you're going to attack those two high shells. So you're going to force defenses to kind of play the card. So we're in an era that's really interesting. Defenses are kind of feeling their way through the dark, kind of trying to figure out how we're going to do this. And then offenses are just, they're kind of leaning into this offensive dominance, this space sport. They're kind of spreading out these defenses and taking advantage. I call it spatial Darwinism. Offense is supposed to create space. 
Defense is supposed to constrain space. Those who are going to be able to adapt from this era as we go through, those are the ones that were that are going to survive. We're already kind of seeing a changing of the guard, not only offensively, but defensively as well. Right. The the ideas that have been able to work for the past decade, they're getting they're getting cycled out. And now we've got these new ideas. We're playing more too high shells. We're playing around with some of these these nickel and penny fronts, right? These these two two, four, five fronts and, and defensive structures and these five, one defensive structures. And people are kind of playing around with playing these, these light box and how can we do this? And so that's kind of what, what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, soccer, NBA, hockey, all have become more skill-based sports. That's what we're seeing in the NFL, right? You know, the old guys, well, oh, we used to be able to have receivers run across the middle and, and oh, football's changing more to seven on seven. It, th that is the case. And it's becoming more of a skill-based sport. That is the evolution of sport that we're seeing. I wrote about it in hybrids, is that these spatial sports, as everything gets wider, you have to be more skilled in what you're doing. You have to add value. You can't just be a, a square peg. You kind of have to be kind of like putty. You've got to kind of mold to what you have to be able to do uh, and, and not necessarily a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Uh, and you, you not everybody has to be dynamic because let's be honest, you're not going to have, you know, you, all 22 of your starters being dynamic guys. But what you have to be able to have in the modern game, whether it's offense or defense, is players that add value in something else. If I'm a linebacker, I have to be able to also cover. If I'm a DB, I now have to be able to play near the box, but I also have to be able to play coverage. Uh, even corners now with the wide zone, they're going to be asked to tackle more. And that's something that hasn't been around in the NFL, right? And, you know, it's the old Alex Gibbs adage, why do we not block a corner? Because he's a coverage defender. If he, we have has to prove himself that he's going to tackle before we actually go and block him. So if you think about it in terms of math, okay, if that guy can't tackle, you're playing with 10. And so now the offense has an even more advantage. And so that's why I think we're seeing more wide zone. We're seeing more of these quick motions because of the eye candy. You're, you're kind of pressing these defensive players into doing more things than they're normally being asked to do. So the spread is one in football and it's moving it uh, and moving in on the NFL and it's becoming more and more and more of a kind of a standard practice. These are things that we've been used to at the high school and the college level that now we're having to get used to in the NFL. There's always going to be an adjustment period. And just how I wrote in hybrids, times a flat circle, like I mentioned a little bit earlier with the Chiefs going back to 21 personnel at the in their in their uh in the preseason game you know it's one of those deals where we're going to get cycles do i think we're going to go back to neanderthal ball where it's three yards in a cloud of, a cloud of dust you know i grew up in kansas city with with marty schottenheimer and, and and kind of marty ball where you just hey man if we can just get three yards in a cloud of dust we're going to be great uh, so to me, do I think we're going to go back to that? No, but these hybrid fronts and these, it, we're, we're looking more for players that are going to kind of be able, you can say, well, hey, look, they're kind of a linebacker, but they're kind of a DB or they're kind of a DB, they're kind of a linebacker. Hey, he's kind of a corner, but he can play safety as well. And so what's happening is these hybrid guys, these tweeners, they're getting more of an opportunity because they can do more things and can play in different positions. I also think it's going to help at the higher levels, because it's going to simplify some things, you're going to have to be a better teacher. You can't just be like, look, you're only going to be a third down pass rusher. So only work on hand fighting and pass rush, right? You're seeing it more and more that, hey, we need an every down back. 
right? Or we're going to have two backs and we're going to, we're going to rotate them, but you can't just be a passing back because if you're in there, everybody knows we're going to pass, right? So you, to me, it, what's happening is players are being asked to do more, but also on the back end, those coaches are going to have to coach. I thought Mike Tomlin in his podcast he did with the pivot was really good. There's a lot of coaches that are afraid to actually coach, right? They just want players to show up and it's a plug and play. And that's not how it is. I think this generation more than anything is really challenging coaches on the why. Why are we doing this why have we done this before what does this drill have to do why 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 right it's kind of like you're your little kid and they're always asking why 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 well you know at the end of the day that makes you a better coach because you have to explain yourself and you can't just sit there and say well that's the way we've always done it so we're getting and evolving a a game that is becoming more spatial oriented it's the spread is one it's not going away and it will be interesting in the next decade to see how that evolves the game defending the run still matters coverage determines fits in the front it's not the other way it used to be hey this is the front structure this is the fit right whether you, whatever you're doing lever spill lever you're boxing things your spill overlap it doesn't matter whatever you're doing even odd spacing it used to be this is what we are up front this is how we fit the run the the secondary will we'll figure it out when i was at when i was at midlothian that's kind of how we always were at right it was like hey this is what the front's going to be this is what we're going to do and then we called ourselves a trash man because we were we were just going to pick up wherever wherever there was an issue right that's not how the game is working anymore if you go and you look at the top top defensive minds whether it is at the nfl the college or the high school level they are doing everything coverage first and then the front is going to reflect what that coverage is going to be wherever they are leveraging the, the secondary that's where the front structure is then going to leverage itself on the other side so defending the run with less places more defenders and covers that's what we want right it's a passing game at every level now qb run game makes fitting the run more difficult because they have a plus one advantage they added another notch to to their blocking right they added another tick they plussed it okay so it, it's simple math right analytics has changed the game to rely on early down passing we're seeing more passing early which means defenses can't just load the box on early downs and play for third down saying okay look if we can stop the run on first we'll get them in a second and long and now it's a passing down right and then now we just defend the pass for the next two downs that's not how it works anymore offenses are not afraid to go pass pass right they're not afraid to pass it on first down especially with rpo especially with play action the getting that defense to suck up on the run because right first down's a rundown okay these 50 50 downs especially on these early downs these these uh first downs and then second to six second to seven you know it's really important for these defenses to then be able to kind of play in their, these mixed downs and be able to establish a run while also having, having this coverage. And you can see how that spreads the defense then, right? Uh, Kirby smart, I thought had a great comment about it uh, going over about, Hey, you last, last spring, you have to be able to stop the run in order to defend the pass. And if you can do it with less numbers, that means your pass coverage is just going to be that much better. Uh, and yes, they had a bunch of freaks. Obviously, if you watch the NFL draft, you saw that. But that philosophy of can we cancel gaps with less? And that's why I've always talked about it. If you go to cautious aggression, you go to anchor points, I've always talked about being able, you know, we talk about seven man spacing, right? Eight man, nine man. You know, being able to fit the box with six defenders and then these two half defenders to create that seven, 
I've always talked about that and how you can kind of you cancel gaps on the interior to be able to do that. So if you go and you look at anchor points and you look at how I how I fit the run in the box and the, and and things of that nature where you know and I learned this from Phil Bennett when I was at Baylor is being able to have these half defenders on on the edges to create that seven man spacing and then how are you kind of moving numbers within within the box to to cancel that out and I really feel like that is where we're getting right and I call that a fluid front right is where you don't have to sit there and hold a gap I don't have to have these big massive human beings that are holding the gap as everybody's getting smaller and quicker because of the pass rush right you're going to kind of have to change the way you structure things i can't ask a guy who used to be 350 pound nose that's now kind of a 298 300 pound guy that's more of an athlete than he is than he is a, a workhorse right i can't just ask him hey man you get that double team you can't move or hey if your guy goes away you can't you can't move Right. You got to hold that gap right there. You know that we're relying on that. Now what you're seeing is, hey, if you're getting pushed and that guy's going away, go tag the hip, go cancel, go cancel as many gaps as you can. Let those linebackers just kind of sit on the back and, and ball fit. I mean, you go more and more and more. Well, how do you make the game simpler? Well, hey, look, linebackers, all you got to do is just free the running back. Right. You just got to leverage the running back fit off of him. OK, all you got to do is just, you know. That's it. That you just got to find that. Or in an odd spacing, hey, you either have the A gap or you have the C gap depending on flow. That's it, right? And Or you only have to read this one guy. If the tight end goes away, we're all flowing with him. It's A to C that way. If the tight end goes the other way, it's A to C that way. And that's why I think with odd spacing, and that's why more teams are playing odd spacing, is really because it's easier to teach it, right? You cancel all, both B gaps. Your nose just has to know which way to go. You're going to have an edge defender one way, and then you have an A-gap defender and a C-gap defender off of your linebacker. So as we see more of these four-down peso fronts, right, these two-four fronts, that's what you're going to get is these odd spacing. That's what creepers create, right? That's what these simulated pressures create. They're just creating odd spacing, which is clogging both B-gaps, put a nose in the A-gap, you have A to C player one way, and you have an edge defender on the other, on the other way. Well, that makes things really, really simple for your defense that no matter whether you're in a bare front, you're in an under front, you might be in an over front, it doesn't matter. You're going to always fit it kind of similar because of whether you're bringing pressure, right? I'm in an over front, even spacing, right? But I'm going to bring a pressure to create odd spacing. The fits are going to stay the same. And how can you consistently get the fits the same as you evolve through your schematics? And I think that's where you're, you're kind of seeing defensives now go is, look, we're base going to be a three, four bare front type front, whatever you want to call it. But then when we go to these nickel packages, or we go into these over under sets, these even spacings, we, it makes everything simple for the linebackers and everything else, because look, we're canceling gaps. So even though we may be an even spacing, okay. But if I get a heavy technique or if I get uh, what I would call with, with the nose with a, a belly key is, whereas if the, if I'm in a G front, right. And the center is to me, if he goes away, I close the A. Right now I've canceled two gaps and I let that guard just kind of push me out of the way. You know, it's not true 
odd spacing, but what we're doing is we're canceling gaps by being fluid. Like, okay, I like water, right? Water molds to whatever it forms. That's what we want on the defensive front is look, I don't necessarily have to just sit there and take it. Now, obviously if you're getting double teamed, we don't want that guy getting pushed back six, seven yards. That's not what we want. But if I have a true zone and that centers away and I'm the nose, I'm going to go close the opposite a gap, make that thing cut back. So that's what I've talked about that since, since cautious aggression. I learned that under Phil Bennett, who's now at North Texas. I learned that when I was at Baylor, not something uh, to be looking at as you watch the NFL and the college game is that these things are starting to become more and more common. Okay. The defensive paradox must stop the run to defend the pass. Applying pressure while holding coverage integrity is important. That's why we're getting these creepers, right? That's why we're getting simulated pressures. That's why we're getting more and more. Maybe it's a five-man it's a, it's a five pressure, but we're playing half-field zone to one side and man on the other side. If the defense can win in the box, they're more coverage players. It, that's how defenses are winning back the math, right? That's how defenses are flipping the math, is that if I can mitigate the risk of the run, with as few players, let's say it, let's say it's six players, right? And I've got my two, my two overhangs, right? Wherever they may be, whether I'm running middle field open or middle field close, right? If I can have these to create that seven man spacing, now I've got all of those guys in there. By adding creepers and sims into the mix, now I'm putting more pressure on that offense to keep the running back in if it is a pass. We don't want to get rid of that and go five out. And then now the defense has run something that's going to play with our protection blitzing isn't always the best either when you play in a mobile quarterback you know it's kind of like defending the flex bone when guys ask me hey well how do you defend the flex bone the first thing i say is don't blitz it if you start blitzing the flex bone they're just going to read they're going to read the pressure you voided a zone or you've made the read a lot quicker and now they can get the ball to wherever they want it or you're blitzing away from where they're actually attacking with a running quarterback it's very similar is that you better have whoever's blitzing better be as good of an athlete as that quarterback or whoever you're having that's the kind of that overlap player or uh, kind of getting back into that zone that you just voided better be just as good of an athlete as that quarterback. Uh, not everybody is able to play like the, the Patriots did against Lamar Jackson, where they took their fastest defender and they just kind of made him a spy for Lamar Jackson and just sunk him in from depth every time. You know, you can't necessarily do that at every level. So how do you kind of keep your base structure on early downs while also defending a running quarterback that's why i like tampa bay's philosophy against philadelphia change the fits through movement to maximize coverage and you hear this all the time if you're going to run a light box you have to cancel gaps somehow whether that's by line movement using creepers using simulated pressures you have to find ways to move post snap that way you're either changing the fit right for for or changing the read for the quarterback, okay? You're changing the fit structure post-snap. Let's say you're in an over front, you send a creeper, now it's odd spacing, okay? Now you now you actually go into an odd front mechanics, okay? One of the biggest things that you're going to see, you're going to see a tech stunt, which is the tackle first and the DN second away from the running back, right? Because think about it. Most people are still operating out of the gun, okay? You're going to get zone action away from the running back, 
That DN is now going to fold back inside. That tackle, remember, being fluid, oh, you can go ahead and push me out to the cop or the contain. You're going to see exit stunts to the running back, which is the DN kind of running that heel line, knifing inside, crossing the face of that tackle, ear holding that guard and then that nose is just sitting there and then as soon as that guard gets ear hold he's using that momentum to climb and get back to contain so it's changing the reads for the quarterback uh, but you're also canceling gaps inside which allows you to then keep everybody in, in coverage so it's that cancel gap mentality less defenders near the box allows the defense to play more middle of the field open coverages which is seven man spacing which if you go and you look how are the top offenses getting treated in the nfl it's more and more too high shell now what tampa bay did is they would use their middle of the field close coverage to pair this with canceling gaps to really allow that linebacker to snap down on the line of scrimmage to hold the quarterback and then using that secondary defender to kind of then get in those rpo windows near the box so let's look at the exit stunt first Set the front to the running back. That's the key. You want to set the front to the running back because we are then going to move away from him. Okay. Normally the D end is going to have the, the quarterback when you set the three technique to that. What the, what the Tampa Bay did was they said, look, we're going to let the three technique hold that B gap, hold that B gap to the running back. That D end is just going to go and chase the heel line. Our linebackers, so that we can make this even spacing, or, I mean odd spacing, are going to work the A and C gaps, right? So we're going to get the exit stunt away from the running back where the D end is going to actually work across the face of the tackle. So this is what you call forcing the fit, right? You're forcing the movement of of the zone action so as they're working he's going to rub across the face he's going to ear hole that guard and then the the nose is going to pop out what you're hoping happens is that the a gap linebacker clogs that hole right the dn stagnates any kind of zone action that way meaning that that running back is going to have to get funneled in you're getting chased down by the dn on the other side to give a pull read for the quarterback and then you're putting one of your best athletes right you're one of your best athletes at linebacker now in charge of the quarterback so essentially the running back's either going to hit the a gap and get tackled or he's going to roll outside and meet the nose guard at the on the other side right or the running back uh, the quarterback's going to pull it and he's going to go, and then you also are going to have a linebacker right in his face as he snaps down to the line of scrimmage. So it's kind of changing it. I, I, this is why I really liked it is because it created odd spacing from an even front, right, without actually sending a creeper. And what you're doing is they're forcing the quarterback to either carry the ball or funnel the running back into a non-advantageous area. Now, they paired this with three buzz. That means the safety is going to work down into, into uh, the hook, the strong hook area. And so what that allowed them to do was also flood the zone in case it was RPO or give a, give a 
linebacker a little bit of help as a whatever he fits one side that safety can fit on that other side as long as that linebacker maybe fits on the inside shoulder of the quarterback it will bounce out to the safety on the outside shoulder so it created plus numbers not only on the quarterback but it created plus numbers in, in coverage because it's an early down rpo that the eagles were running i thought it was really clever and i thought it was a great way uh, to defend it and to kind of create this spacing from an even front. The other thing that they did, they used a, a simple line movement that if any four down front uh, uses to kind of change the scheme, right? Let's say I, I'm always setting the three technique and let's say it's four open, right? I'm always setting the three technique to the running back so that I force the, the give, right? I want him to give it to it. That DN's going to take it. Well, the way to change the fit is through a TAM. TAM means tackle to A, okay? The defensive tackle is going to go from a three technique to the A gap, and he's going to cross that center space. And, and so what the, the Bucks did, again, they set the three technique to the running back. They're then going to cancel the A gap with the three technique. The DN, because he's to the running back, he has the three technique moving to the A gap. There's an open B gap. He's going to crash the heel line and close the B gap. That allows then the linebacker to snap down onto the line of scrimmage. Okay. And then you now have three buzz paired with it and you're now canceled any kind of snag route. Now, what the, what I really liked is the Eagles did a lot of these like reductions. And so they brought everybody in uh, real tight and they kind of ran these like split zone snags. Well, what that three buzz does is the nickel now leverages the flat. The safety comes top down right on top of that snag. And then you have the, the safety valve of the corner on top in case it's a snag and go play action and they're trying to take a shot or you get some wheel route from the flat defender. On the other side, you have the tight end running across for the split zone. You have the X receiver blocking. If he does go vertical, you have a corner, and then you, if he runs to run a post or some sort of a shot that way, you have a middle of the field close, right? You have a post safety. So I thought it was a great way to continue to change the fit, but while also pairing it with three buzz to the passing strength to then eliminate any kind of RPO. What the TAM does is it pinches the box and it allows the inside linebackers to take the QB, which, I, which again, goes back with the philosophy that they used on, on the exit stunt away from the running back was hey what we're going to do is we're going to stagnate the run front side we're going to get into odd spacing have the backer fit the a have the other one snap down and take the quarterback uh, so these versus reductions okay pinching this and the three buzz that allows for maximum cover downs for everybody everybody can cover the receiver and they can do it relatively quickly it's great for an athlete for at qb and with three buzz, it floods the zone to the read side, right? And knowing that, you, hey, it's early down, you're probably not going to get a shot, especially from a reduction. It's really hard to get shots from a reduction because you can just go middle field close. The, the best thing that they've got is to do some sort of like a, a deep uh, cross with a post route. Uh, well, if you go middle of the field closed, you've got so many guy moving that way. Uh, any kind of over route, again, can be taken by the three bus safety as he's come, as he's working down or vice versa. So it, it, it really kind of is a great way to pair it with this. Um, using three buzz on early downs is in, especially versus RPO teams that are running slants, they're running snags. You're putting that defender that covers defender right into the RPO window and you're flooding the box to stop the run.
So let's wrap up really quickly. Blitzing a mobile quarterback can get a defense in trouble versus RPO teams. You don't want to avoid zones with a bunch of pressure. So these six-man pressures, these, these, uh, these five-man cover one pressures, you better be able to defend, and you better have somebody spying that quarterback. And what the Buccaneers did, so the Eagles went double stack on them, and what they did is they basically took that middle of the field safety who's in charge of the quarterback, and they just kind of put them at like eight yards on, on the side of the running back. So one – you have a defender that can quickly move into a, an RPO window. If the quarterback pulls it, you've got a speedy defender on a speedy quarterback. I thought it was a really good way to, yeah, they're playing cover one. So if it is just pure pass and he, he drops back, that that guy can then just shoot through the middle of the field. So what they were doing is saying, look, we're going to be in cover one, but we're going to use this guy as a more or less a quarterback defender. And we're going to, force you to not throw the RPO by his presence. And if you want to carry it, he's going to be there. So what we're forcing you to do is essentially drop back and pass versus what we think can be a decent pass rush with our four downs. So versus RBO teams, don't void zones with pressure, simple front manipulation. We went over the TAM stunt, exit stunt, tech stunt. It allows you to move right with, without kind of, wholesale moving parts and it allows you to maximize your coverage passive pressures on early downs these are your creepers your sims this would be your uh line movement something simple to change the picture post snap i'll never forget one of the one of the things that have always kind of been a foundational thing for me that i learned from phil bennett when we were at baylor and he said this was bill snyder always told him that the worst thing you can do is move your defensive lineman post snap it changes the picture for your offensive line. It makes them work through things. Feeding and forcing is something that he he picked up from Dick LeBeau and he taught me, which is feed the run, right? If you want to force the cutback and then force the force the run action if you want to stagnate things and hold them and funnel them into an into kind of a, a phone booth tackle. Uh, so using these passive pressures, right? That hey, we're sending pressure. We're not relaxing. We're not letting you just sit back and we're not just going to stay in our you know nickel four two five over front and everybody's single gap. And we're just going to kind of just sit here and let you dictate what we're doing. We're going to force either the quarterback to run the ball because he's the worst carrier. We're going to either force the running back to run the ball because we don't want the quarterback to run it. And we're going to force, and if he does run, he's going to go into a phone booth. He can't go anywhere. We're going to void zones uh, in, in the passing. What are the RPO tags, right? Are they a, a screen team, right? Are they running bubbles or switch screens? Are they a snag team? Are they a slant team? Are they a fin team? Are, you know, those are the questions that you have to ask as you look at this and then pair that coverage and then force the front the, the, the other way, right? I'm going to pair that with this. This coverage is what we want to run. Now, how? what is the front structure on top of that? When facing an offense that uses space, constrain. Where is the space that they're trying to get to? Where are they trying to attack us? I want to find ways to attack that space with defenders. Survive early down RPOs, play actions, and runs. Now get them into predictable second and long, third and long. I use second and seven as a normal down because a lot of times at the high school level, that's still a rundown. Hey, if we just get three, four yards, now, now it's a manageable third down, right? So if I get four yards on second and seven because I, I ran the ball, now it's a third and three. That's a manageable down for a lot of people. In the NFL – and at the college level, second and seven is a passing down. So that's why you see kind of the difference of second and six or second and seven. I like to use second and seven. Manipulate the front to force the worst runner to carry the ball. Okay. When you're looking at it, 
or when you're watching defense, why are they doing it that way, right? Are they, do they want the quarterback to run the ball? In the NFL, you want that quarterback to run the ball and get hits on the quarterback because if he gets hit really hard, what's that OC going to do? Okay, I don't, I don't want to do that. Or do you? maybe it's Lamar Jackson and you're like, I don't want him to run the ball at all, so we're going to always give him a give read so that we can then handle the running back. When facing an offense that uses space, constrain it. Take your defender, move them to wherever they're trying to attack. And, and then that is where you're going to get success, especially on early downs. Survive the early down RPOs, play action, passes, and run. Get them into a second and seven, second and eight, second and nine. I use second and seven as an early down uh, at the high school level. If you go to the college and the NFL, it's usually second and six. The way that I look at second and seven at the high school level is a lot of times, a lot of these OCs will be like, look, if I can get four downs on a run right here, or we can throw a hit screen and get five yards, now, now, we're, in, now we're in regular regular down right that's an that's an easy com convert on third down so that's why i use second and seven manipulate the front to force the worst runner to carry the ball if the quarterback's the one the guy that you're like i don't want him to run always give him a give read because what's going to happen is he's going to get impatient he's going to want to run the ball he's going to pull in he's going to pull it in at numbers where you have numbers right if the qb is more of a runner force him to throw outside what Tampa Bay said was, we're not going to allow Hurts to hurt us with his legs. We're going to force him to beat us throwing the ball. We're going to flood the zones. We're going to snap that linebacker down very quickly to give him, okay, I'm going to pull it, right? Okay, I don't want to run, so I'm going to have to throw everything. And the further you can go outside and deep, the less percentage and the less likely that is going to be completed. Win first for a predictable third then that's when you can get creative. You can get crazy uh, attacking them. Thanks for joining me today on another episode of the Art of X show. Make sure to uh, subscribe to the Substack. You can find this also on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube if you're listening on, on podcast form. You can find all my books that I talked about today, Cautious Aggression, Hybrids, Anger Points, you can find those all on Amazon. Make sure to pick up your templates. If you haven't picked up any templates for this year, I've got a defensive coordinator workbook. I've got a defensive coordinator call sheet. And I've also got some other things to help you through the season. So if, if that's something that interests you, make sure to head over to the MQ shop. Again, thank you for stopping by. And as always, follow me on Twitter at the underscore coach underscore A.